If you don't know who Jensen Franklin is, very talented preacher. Uh, I don't know if it's Alpharetta or, or Marietta or, I mean, somewhere right around the Georgia area. It's not too far from here. Uh, pastor's a big church, but uh, there's a book called Field, you know, Acres of Diamonds. Uh, if you got scripts, you can download it. It's free. Uh, you can listen to it. I love audible books. I don't like to read. I love for books to be read to me. Uh, but but this this verse here, he he was preaching a message on which was a great message, and I took part of this. Yes, it's, it's part of his was part of his message, but Lord spoke to me in a different way. But I want us as individuals to open our eyes right here, right now tonight. Open our eyes, see what's taking place right now. You're gonna understand a little bit more about what I'm talking about here in a few minutes. But these are the things that when you look at Psalms 119, verse number 18, it says, "Open thou mine eyes." that I may behold. And a lot of us lose the... To, to behold something is is, is 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 more than just to see it. To behold it is to stand there in the presence of, to be in the midst of, to take in, to let it flood over you, to let it, to, to let it uh, I guess, overshadow you, overpower you. That's how you behold something. And it's saying here that, that uh, let me behold the wondrous things out of, your, out of the law. Now, I want you to understand this. Most of the time when somebody sits down and says, this is a law, we immediately get offended. We get to where we want to be. We're rebellious by nature. Everybody in this room is rebellious by nature. And, and this is what I want you to understand, that in, in, in John chapter number 8, verse number 31, Jesus is talking, and he says, Then said Jesus to those which believed on him. These are the ones that were following after Jesus and it was part of his disciples. And they were, were, they believed in what Jesus said. It says, uh, if you continue in my word, what is the word? The word became flesh and the flesh dwelt among us. We don't realize how important the word of God is. Uh, I mean, you think about these things right here. The post, you know, I, I love that poster where you got away from your comfort zone, where you got away from everything that was securing you and how much more you had to depend on God. That's what God wants from us. He wants to stretch us out of our comfort zone to where we can rely on Him and Him alone. That's how God grows us as Christians. And so many times... Maybe we shouldn't have got padded pews or padded chairs. Maybe we should have got just an old piece of uh, rough-cut oak and made everybody sit on a bench that was not comfortable. Because we get comfortable in these things. And a lot of times we've had the Word of God instilled in us. But how many times have we not opened our eyes to see? Right there is the opportunity God's give you to implant, to impart, to use the Word that He's given you to, to make your life. It says... It says, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples. You know, this is the one thing that, that, you know, and I don't care what you say, a person that loves God and has been born again will try to keep his word. Now, we're not flawless, okay? We're going to stumble. We're going to make mistakes. We're all going to sin. But those that strive to be in the word of God, I feel like, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but, the, you know, the Bible tells us that, you know, those are the ones that believe, the ones that fear Him, that reverence His Word, and that, that try to have that. They want to have that perfect, you know, and in the last, I guess, the last three services, there's been a scripture come up that said, Lord, let me be perfect. Lord, let me have, let me reach perfection. And it's not that we're sinless, but there's a difference between being sinless and perfect. Perfect is that heart, that desire in you that makes you want to be that. It says, they are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth. How many times in life have you thought you knew something or you believed in something, but all of a sudden that, that, that through new development, new research, new 
just information, you, you were you were proven wrong. Anybody in here have ever been wrong before besides me? I mean, you know, I, I, ladies I ain't seen a lady raise their hand yet in here. Y'all still ain't wrong, are you? But you think about this. How many times in life are we enlightened and the truth sets? And Jesus says that you'll know the truth. What is the truth? The Word of God is the truth of God. Those are the things that He wants us to know. Now look, the law is the Word of God. The law is what we need to be able to dwell in, to live in, to look at. And it says, and the truth shall what? Make us free. How many of us in here tonight are burdened down by something? No, I mean, you just stop and think. You've got worries. You've got a you know, spoken prayer request. You've got a need. You've got something in your life that's got you burdened down tonight, and you need freedom from that right there. Well, you know, the Word of God tells us that He'll set us free. But you know what also? The Word of God says that He ordained every socket of every one of our lives before He ever formed us in our mother's womb. God's got it all worked out. But we've got to learn how to live in today. You know, I think that's the biggest thing, and these are two instances I'm going to try to get to, is, is that we need to learn how to live in today, the right now, in this minute. What's transpiring right now? What can I do right now to live for God, to be free, to impact others, to influence others? How can I live in this world right here today? Jesus says, when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. Now, this is Psalms 119, and, and the New Living says, open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. What's the law? It's instructions God gave to Moses to give to the Israelites for them to live in. So if you look at it this way, instead of, you know, and it's all in how you take it. If I said this is a law, you're rebellious. If I say, hey, here's some instructions. And guys, why do we hate an instruction manual so bad? I mean, you look at it. When you go put something together, what's the last thing you look at? The instruction manual. But God says that when we look at His Word as truth, when we look at His Word as instructions, that's how it instructs us how, you know, everybody in here has had to learn a trade one time or another, right? I mean, you know, if you sit here and look at it, I know when Tim, you went been in Rescue Squad, Paramount, all that stuff, when you went to work the depot, did you have to learn new skills? And that's the thing that we don't want to understand. That, okay, maybe our Sunday school teacher, they taught us the basics of what we need to know. But as we go through life, a lot of times we don't never progress past that point of, of, of Sunday school. We don't progress to that part of, of taking the next step into what God's truths are. And that He'll make you a better person. He'll make you a stronger person. And I'm one of these right here, and I, 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 I cannot for the life of me, I do, I do not like to read. I want to see a picture of how a grill's put together. You know, I don't want to have to read. And that's the biggest doubt. I have to do so much more because when I read something, I have to read it four times to comprehend what most persons can read one time. So that's why I'd rather have Jack can read me the Bible and I can understand it and comprehend it and retain it better than say that's like this visual stuff. You retain more what you see. But this book, you need to try to download it, read this. This book is a good read. There's a lot of good principles. But here's this man. He's 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 a uh, a very wealthy farmer. He's got a farm. He's got a wife. He's got a child. He's got a nice house. He's got a, a, a good savings account. He's, he's, he's comfortable in life. And from his comfort brings happiness. And his happiness brings comfort. He's at a place in life that he feels like that he's wealthy. Not just monetarily, but he's got everything he needs to be in life. He sees Everything right here in front of him, he, he is content in life because he knows that what he's got he will sustain him. 
But here this guy comes along and says, hey, look at what you've got here. But thank you. look how hard you have to work. You hook your plow to that mule and you plow that field and you grow that crop and you harvest that crop. You work yourself to death. Why not go to Egypt or India, I'm sorry, go to India, and there's diamond mines all over India. And all you've got to do is go over and get, and you can find diamonds, and you can have wealth untold, and you can set your family free. Well, that night that man goes to bed, and he starts thinking about what he doesn't have. He starts looking around, and, and he's thinking in his mind, as he was content that morning when he got up, but when he had that conversation with that one person, and that one person told him what he did not have, and the devil is so good about going around telling us what we don't have, what, what we're lacking in life. Because you may not have the fanciest car or the nicest house or the best paying job in the world, but until somebody brings that to your attention, you're content, you're happy, you're satisfied. God made you to where you're content in that moment. But here all of a sudden we started listening to outside influences. And this guy sells off everything he's got. He gives, he, his wife and his son, he, he leaves in the care of his neighbor. And, and, and he takes all the money he got from the land sale and he goes to India. And he travels all over India for months trying to find diamonds. He spends every dime he got from the farm on, on, on this, this, this search for, for, for what's next, what's new, what's more important, what will bring me more freedom, what will bring me more happiness. What to bring me more uh, sustainability? He was on this search of, of, of and, and at the end he left a suicide note for his, his, his wife and child. And he jumps into a raging river there. And they come back and the man that had bought the farm and bought the mule and bought the plow, he's out working. And he's plowing this farm and his, the, the, the furrow... And he's having a pile of rock, rocky ground. He's piling up, piling up. One day he, he digs up this big rock. Beautiful. Cleans it, washes it, and they said it's a, it's a nice mantle decoration. We're going to put it on the mantle. And when the local priest comes by to visit, the sun shines through that and a sparkle comes off of that large rock that he put on the mantle. He said, where'd you get that? And he said, out there in the field, I got tons of them. He said, that's a diamond in the rough. They carried it down to the local jeweler there in town, and that one rock was worth $25,000 in 1814. And he's got piles of rough diamond that he's had to pile up. He's made fences out of these rocks, and it's one of the largest diamond fields that's ever been. They say that all the royalty, all that is diamonds made, jewels that come out of that, that went in queens and kings' crowns, and for, for years that's where everybody went to to get the finest diamonds. Here's this one man that lost his life seeking what he had right under his own feet. What he had at home. What he had right then. So many of us in life, we're seeking that next thing. You think about this right here. On the cross, there was a thief on each side of Jesus, right? Two thieves. One looked at him, saw a man with blood dripping down him. Tears running down his face. And he says, if you were the true Messiah, you'd get me and you down. On the other side, he saw one that looked at him and he saw the Messiah. He said, Lord, remember me. But y'all, this is what, there's, there's a thief on each side of us today. This is what we don't understand. We have a thief on each side of us today. You need to write this down. You've got a thief on each side of you today. you got the thief of yesterday. 
and the thief of tomorrow. Understand this. We have the thief of yesterday. It's robbing us blind of the joys of today. We have the thief of tomorrow robbing us of the joy of what we're doing today, what we're living in today, the things that we have acquired today, the thing God has blessed us with today, today, today. We need to understand this. The thief of yesterday. Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Don't you understand this right here? He didn't say you wouldn't make it into the kingdom of heaven. He says you're not fit at that point. When you look back on what you've done yesterday, the mistakes, the sins, the reputation, the bad choices, the things you could have done, the things you should have done, the things that if I had to do over again, I would have done. That robs us of the potential God's given us for today, y'all. There's so much power in right now. You know why? Because I can't change in five minutes. I can't change in two hours. I can't change what happened yesterday. But Jesus says, look, when you, when, you, when you live that life, you're not fit for the kingdom of heaven. You're robbing the potential that I gave you to be productive in right now. Genesis 19.5, this, or 15, 19.15, this is a very familiar scripture. And it says right here, it says, And then when morning rose, the angel hastened Lot. So many times it's like this. It's like, Terry, get up. You need to get up. You need to get up. You need to get up. Quit dwelling here. Lot and his family didn't say they were sinning, did it? But they lived in the midst of it. They lived in an environment that was not healthy for him, his wife, nor his children. So many of us are in that environment. We may not be doing the sins of the world, but yet we surround ourselves with everything to do with this world, and it contaminates us, it pollutes us, but you know what it does? It keeps us from doing God's work. Why? Because we're dwelling on the things in this world. It says that they hasten lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife, take thy daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquities of the city. Do you realize what this world is going to do to you? Do you realize the things that's in this world, what they do to us? How many of us get consumed by the affairs of our children, by the affairs of our jobs, by the desires that we I mean, you think about this. How are we consumed by and distracted? It says right here, and it says, while he lingered. Y'all, there's a danger in lingering. There's a danger in lingering around worldliness. Why? Because you can get caught up in it. You can get in a trap that you can't get yourself out of. And when you sit here and you dwell on those things of the past, what's that robbing you of right now? The joy of the day. When you think about that right says that uh, the men, which being angels, they laid hand upon him, his wife, upon their children, their daughters, and brought them out. It says, get out, get out of the city. They actually got them out of that mess and put them out here. But it says, look, you've got to go further. You've got to get away from this stuff right here, y'all. Y'all, there's a lot of things in our life today we need to distance ourselves from. And I think the biggest influence that we are, the problem that we deal with today is the yesterday. The life I used to live or what I used to be, that, that, that hinders us from doing work because we don't feel like, hey, you know, look at what I, look, look where I come from. Look at the things I used to do. And you think about this right here. And so many times we're not willing to step up and tell somebody, hey, you don't have to live that kind of life. You don't have to be that. And you say, no, I can't tell them that because of what I did. How they'll judge me that I'm here I am, you know, they'll think I'm a hypocrite. But you know, the devil wants to trap us in that thing right there to keep us from living 
today. Helping them today. It says when those angels laid hold, they got them out. And it says it came to pass. It's when they had brought them forth abroad. It says, and he said, escape for thy life. Do y'all realize if you stay in the city, it's going to cost you your life. Now, the blood of Jesus bought you and it's going to transport you to heaven. But you know what? It can rob you of your life right here, right now, today. The things that we're not doing as Christians, the things that God, had, the things that we just look back and say, I can't, you know, because of my yesterday, I can't be effective today. But it's a lie that Satan's trying to tell us. It says the sun, and I can only imagine this day. Here you got this city that's down in the valley, and if you get up and go hunting, you know what I'm talking about. You're sitting out there, and it's lying outside. But when that sun come up over that ridge, it starts getting the sunshine. And I can only imagine when that sun come up over that ridge of that mountain, and all of a sudden hellfire and brimstone started raining upon this city. And here's Lot and them. They had escaped to Zor, and it means a small thing. You know, the small places the Lord has designed for us to get seek refuge. We don't realize how important this small thing right here is. This building in here is a refuge for us to come and hide from the hell and the brimstone that's being rained down outside right now. The things in our life that destroy us, that, that pull us down, that wreak havoc on the world, we can seek refuge in a small place. And it says, and they overthrew those cities and all the plains and all the inhabitants. Now, I want you to understand, when God wipes something out, He wipes it out. And it says He even wiped out the things that grew upon the ground. God can, when God wipes your slate clean, y'all, there's nothing left out there. There's nothing that you've done in the past that you've asked for forgiveness for today. God has, has annihilated that. You know, today they still have never found Sodom and Gomorrah. They have never found the cities of Sodom because when God wiped it off the face of the earth, it's gone, people. That's what we got to live in is the strength. It's not that I'm worthy. No, if I, if it was a, I'd be, no, I wouldn't even be sitting in this building. God, don't, I'm not worthy. He makes me worthy. He gives me the power. He gives me the instruction. It's His blood that gives me the things that I'm able to do. But y'all, there's a danger in looking back. This is what you got to understand. There's a danger in looking back. It says, but his wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. When Lot's wife looked back at what she had left behind, how many of us are looking back at what was there yesterday? Ten years ago. Maybe we're looking back at the things that brought us pleasure for a season in life and we miss that sometimes. Understand that. That is robbing you of your work today. We need to have our eyes opened up to what we're can affect. Prepare for tomorrow, yes. But don't be consumed by tomorrow. I want you to understand these things right here tonight. We'll get to the next part next week. But this is what the thing that worries me the most is that how far in the past are we living? How much of the things that happened last week, last month, last year, we're held captive by? We can't enjoy today. We can't enjoy the time that we're having here together for thinking about what we had to go through today to get here. Now, you think about the danger of the thief of tomorrow. And it's out there. You think about the danger of the thief of tomorrow. It's just as dangerous as the thief of today is. This is something I got, y'all, we have got to understand. Right now is the only thing you can control. Right now is the only thing you can do anything about. And right now is the only thing that you can do anything with. Because it's all out of, 
it's the choices we make right here, right now. What are we going to do with today, what God has given us? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you. We praise you, God. We just ask. Lord, so many times we get trapped in yesterday. Lord, the things of our past, the things we're ashamed of. Lord, the things that we wished we would have done.